Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. My favorite slasher movie of all time is uh, Urban Legend. I've never seen it. I fucking, that movie is so entertaining, way mm. more entertaining than it has any right to be. And it is a hundred percent the best of the, all the nineties teen slashers yeah. without, cause all of those movies are fucking garbage Ooh, for the most real part. Real bad. Uh, but, uh, urban legend has a really fun gimmick and a good sense of humor and is stylish and like, it's great. It's just a very entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. You know what movies I did check out, Keith? What? Two movies that were exactly the same that came out a year apart with the same cast and the same story. You know, it's funny. As I was reading this thing about, like, oh, Stellan Skarsgård uh, was the only holdover with a, a totally new cast. I was like, what? what That's about, not true. What about Chuma? That's the same-ass guy. And I was like, what and, about the, the, the com- Commander? Yeah, yeah. Like I all would these say fucking guys are the same. The, except for the, uh, the Nazi guy is, is is the same Nazi guy. Yeah, except for uh, the only guy that wasn't in the of like the main cast. Maybe eighty eight from uh, Alien Three. Yeah, he's not in it. Um, Was that the number? Was it eighty eight? It's not eighty eight or eighty six. We or call something. him eighty eight because it's his IQ. Uh, the priest, the other priest, is different. And then the woman, the... Oh, yeah. And then they got fucking uh, the guy from um, that British crime movie called Steel of Diamonds. Uh, what the fuck is that movie? Uh, it's not Lockstock. What is a uh, Snatch. He's in Snatch? No, they got the, the, the sleazy guy who's at the encampment. Oh, right. That guy. I forget his name. He's just yeah. a fucking grimy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought you were saying the priest guy was, was that guy was in one of those diamond movies. Yeah, but before we get carried away, let's just recap here. We're here today to talk about the strange and curious case of the Benjamin movie Button. that got made twice, The Exorcist prequel. On today's episode of The Trash Heap. Hello everyone, it's me Elliot, joined by Keith. This is The Trash Heap podcast, the show where we climb through the refuge recycle bin of forgotten movies and give discarded gems a second chance yeah we're out to prove once and for all that there are no garbage movies only garbage opinions i was uh, so close to not today though there are lots of garbage movies (laughs) there are some some bad movies today holy shit Uh, yeah we watched those two movies yeah dominion the prequel to the exorcist and exorcist the beginning keith why don't you for those who don't know why don't you just give a little synopsis of not necessarily the movies, but just the scenario of what happened? Well, uh, <laughs> where the fuck do I start? Well, basically, in around 1987, or 1997, rather, not 1987, uh, they started kicking around the idea of doing a prequel to The Exorcist, the arguably one of the greatest horror movies ever made. People people often cite it as the scariest movie they've ever seen, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't know what The Exorcist is, uh, you know, throw that into your Google machine and look at the fuck up because uh, it's kind of a cultural touchstone. And I imagine it's in the uh, Smithsonian Library or 
what's that library they put movies in when they're uh, deemed uh, of cultural significance? Uh, Is that the, the library blockbuster of discount bin? <laughs> yeah, the library of Walmart. Library of Congress. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, so uh, they were like, well, let's explore uh, the history of Father Marin and the trauma that led to him uh, losing his faith and his first experience encountering a demon and a possession and, you know, how he became the exorcist well, that, we, the way, that we all know and love. The way the, the opening of the exorcist starts up is Father Marin, like, seeing this statue in Iraq of a demon named Pazuzu and there's an immediate recognition and and fear as if he's encountered this being before. So this pretty much uh, delivers on that little setup of the first movie of like, oh, when did he meet Pazuzu? What was it? What was he like? Did they go to the mall together? What happened? You know? Yeah, we could have just had like a short flashback to explain the statue. We did not need two whole ass 120 minute movies i didn't need a flashback either because i watched the exorcist and i was able to like oh okay it's the same demon yeah it was good enough storytelling that you (laughs) just got it right away like i got it like pretty much right in the first five minutes of the movie that didn't have any dialogue (laughs) yeah all of this was entirely unnecessary all this suffering could have been avoided but yeah but yeah basically what happened was um uh, Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist, was the first movie to get made, or at least attempt to get made. And uh, uh, John Frankenheimer was originally attached to direct with Liam Neeson starring as Father Lancaster Marin. And uh, Frankenheimer died before they could get it off the ground, and they brought in Paul Schrader instead. And uh, what, uh, Stellan Skarsgård? Yeah, that's like the guy. And there's there's a lot of people in it whose faces you'd be like, I recognize that person, but yeah, and so you're not going to necessarily know their names. Paul Schrader uh, did uh, thought that he faithfully adapted the screenplay that he was given to work on, and the studio disagreed, and they wanted reshoots and redones and more gore and more nudity and more sex and swearing and fewer references to gone with the wind i guess and so they said hey rennie harlan can you do a few reshoots oh rennie harlan we love you and your uh, euro trash sensibilities can you just shoot a whole ass new movie using some of the same people and some of the same plot points and he said of course because they drove a truck full of money up to his front door and uh then we got the exorcist the beginning which is there's basically like two movies here one is a an old-timey, you know, John Ford fucking Gone with the Wind type movie where they're, everyone's just sort of standing in the wind looking out to the, the horizon with a single tear in their eye. Very corny and sentimental. Meanwhile, Exorcist the Beginning is an exercise in fucking irritating 2000s Limp Biscuit music video bullshit. And it's exhausting and frustrating to watch. But it does have a couple of cool gore moments and, and makeup jobs because uh, Gary Tunnicliffe Jr. was involved. So that's kind and of where we're at. We watch both of those most, motherfuckers. Yes. What's most fascinating to me about the this thing is they shoot Paul Schrader's version, decide not to release it, shoot 
a whole new movie with Rennie Harlan, release that. It doesn't do well at the box office, so they go, oh, might as well cut our losses and release the other one, see if we can recoup some of that money. And then release essentially the same movie by a different director a year later that was shot first. And it made even less. And both of the movies are bad. Yeah, but bad and uniquely bad in their own respective ways. This is like, I don't know that this has ever happened before in the history of movies. Not like this that I know of. There's been plenty of times where... You know, a director is fired and they bring in another director to do reshoots and that's the version we get. And maybe later we get a director's cut with like some scenes different. But usually like three quarters of the movie is the same. Yeah, it's the movie. The same. It might have or it might be edited a little different, but like, like, oh, that shot was in the other movie. You know, it's like they didn't reshoot the entire movie new like rewrite on the script you know like it, it, it yeah it's still essentially the same building blocks yeah you know uh, the only shots material. that were reused in in these movies were some cgi shots of hyenas those weren't even reused though i swear to god there was one where there they're was all very, sort of like climbing around in the hills yeah, and i was like oh that's the sim- same shot it's similar but it's not weird it's not because and because they actually like well, I'll get, in, get into this in a while. I can explain why it's not. But, okay, so what order did you watch them? And did you watch them in the way they were theatrically released? Or did you watch them in the way in which they were filmed? I don't know what you mean by that. But I will tell you that I watched okay, so Dominion I, I, first, and then okay. I watched Exorcist the Beginning. Okay, what I meant was, was Exorcist the Beginning came out in the theater first. So if you were watching them at the time of their release, that would have been the one you could... Oh no! I just watched first. Dominion first because right, where Dominion it, was filmed first before the beginning. Well, let me let me explain my rationale here. So yeah. Dominion was readily available on Peacock, to which I have a subscription to, uh-huh. and then uh, Exorcist: The Beginning I had to rent on fucking Apple TV. So I watched the reason. So I watched them in the same order, and my rationale was I wanted to see the versions that the studio watched and said, "Nah." And yeah, exactly. That seemed movie. to make more sense. Which one got made and, first? Right, and then watch, and then watch the one they said "yeah" to. You know, <laughs> you know, beginning is bad. The way like just a lot of movies from the or horror movies from the early two thousands is just like, ah, oh, this is just a shitty throwaway horror movie. Yeah, there's flourishes of good style and entertainment, and even with some emotional weight. I also like the uh, the treatment of. Stellan Skarsgård's Father Marin as they made him much more of a greasy, drunken dirtbag, which if someone is sort of fallen from grace and wallowing in self-pity and, you know, looking to kind of climb out of a hole, I think that's one of the better ways to do it, personally. It might be cliched, but it's a cliche that works. Yeah, him with a five o'clock shadow, like getting drunk in a watering hole, constantly sweating and looking like he's going to, like, he might throw up at any minute is, uh, that works for me. Versus versus the other Dominion's route, which is just like, what if we just made him, like, really bored? Like, he's just bored all the time. He was sleepwalking through that whole thing, and everything's perfectly clean and. Yeah, man, he was. See what's it was dull. What's so bizarre to me is, like I said, like beginning the Rennie Harlan version, just not a very good movie. It's a throwaway horror movie. Dominion is shockingly bad. 
also like can given like who what people are working in the movie right paul schrader who's more famous for as a screenwriter like you know taxi driver raging bull uh last temptation of christ uh, all these movies martin scorsese uh like he's more famous than that but he's almost directed as many movies as he's written and I will say his work is somewhat incon- is inconsistent. I haven't seen every movie of his by any means, but like what I have seen, it's inconsistent. But he's also directed some movies I really love. One of my favorite movies he directed, and that's uh, Mishima: Life in Four Chapters. One of my favorite movies of all time, written and directed by him. So he does have talent, and he directed Cat People, which is a very solid horror movie. This movie is so incompetent and so lazy feeling that it's just like it's it kind of boggles the mind. Yeah, his output is very impressive. Like, if you look at yeah. his filmography of written and directed, yeah. even his worst work is interesting. Yeah, like, exactly. Interesting, yeah. you know? The, and and I'll give... And I'm not really judging this movie, like, because this movie has some pretty bad special effects in it, the Dominion, specifically. And I'm not judging of that because I know he wasn't given a lot of money in post-production to finish the movie after they decided they weren't going to release it. So I'm yeah. completely ignoring like the bad CGI and all that, but a lack of money in, in post doesn't change script acting completely lack of editing the Dutch angles, the decision to do Dutch angles in the most inappropriate times. No, like, this movie might have been better received if it came out like 40 years prior like it had I, such an old timey like even like a stage play quality to it i mean that in inherently of and of itself is not a bad thing it's still a bad version of that though i mean no like, but it was just it was in the wrong era like that and i think that's why some there was a small contingency of people who liked it because they were just remembering like the long lost days of of film when it was the silliness like cross dissolves and like you know, two characters who are like in love, just staring at each other with blank faces, making good. Hey, you know what eyes. movie? You know what movie came out forty years prior to this movie coming out? Was the original Exorcist? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, if you just compare, like, if you just could put those two against each other and use your your theory of if it came out forty years earlier, people would have liked it. I don't know. You know. Like, yeah. But also, uh, like, you get uh, some imagery that should be shocking, mm-hmm. and it is not even close. This and I know that we're watching this, mo- like, so far removed, but, like, the when the soldiers are killed, one is beheaded and the other is crucified upside down, kind of on an altar, uh, yeah. hanging from a statue. That That image, like, inherently is horrifying and compelling, but the way it's shot is, like, it was for the sensibility of people from a completely different time and place. And so maybe as like, a, I guess as a period example, maybe it kind of works and maybe for I, a certain, you know, people who don't watch horror movies or are, you know, just hearing about that stuff are mortified. Uh, they might be shocked. I, by I, I don't know. Like this movie is so bland looking and you could say like, Oh, well it's like, you know, an older time and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. It's shot in that style, but even really old, some really old movies that couldn't even show you the, those types of images built more tension just through like mood, editing, lighting. Oh, for sure. Like a movie like uh, Touch of Evil. 
right yeah right? is exactly. like an exercise and you know when that movie came out complete dread a hundred like, years ago yeah you know and so i don't even think that's an excuse like i yeah. genuinely don't know and stellan skarsgård who i guess on paper seems like an okay choice for a young father marin he seems is just like you said sleepwalking through this movie yeah yeah he, like, he gets never... they get more out of him in the beginning like, oh he's much better in he's got way in, more range in exorcist beginning than in dominion yeah, yeah. And it's just like everything, even when he's performing the exorcism at the end, he's just like, uh, the power of Christ compels you. Be gone, demon. The beginning scene with, and I'll, I'll say this too, like in fairness of how my overall judgment of the movie, after the very first scene, which is that flashback to him and, you know, the Nazis coming into his town and like that confrontation, which should have been a scene that had a lot of tension but did not. I mentally kind of checked out yeah. to a certain degree. Like I started, I kept watching the movie, but I was also like, if I got up to get a drink of water or something, I wasn't pausing it type of thing, you know? Yeah. So I wasn't like a hundred percent invested because the movie instantly lost me, you know? Yeah. Anything that was supposed to have like weight to it was just like limp wristed and paltry. Like this movie's the yeah. equivalent of like, like egg whites with a little bit of, maybe a little bit of salt on them, but no yeah. pepper, not even a, like they try to put a dash of hot sauce on there. And it's, you know, it's like, no, this, that was ketchup. It's just ketchup, especially that, uh, there's a sort of a strange person surrounding this archeological. See, we haven't even talked about the story, but there's an archeological right. dig <laughs> unearthing a mysterious church. That's not supposed to be where it is. And, you know, once they start cracking it open, uh, unsavory things start to happen. But there's a strange uh, young character sort of hovering around the periphery with a, kind of an injured leg and a weird hand and like sharp cannibal teeth. And Father Marin shows kindness to this character. But, it, you know, we soon learn that uh, after these sort of odd but wonderful occurrences happen, these are not miracles. They're actually you know, acts of evil, you know, perpetrated by this demon. And uh, this character is healed, but also loses their hair and their eyebrows and becomes this sort of bald, smooth-looking thing, which, uh, I don't know, there, there may have been a time in history when that would have looked very modern and unsettling, but uh, here in this timeline, it is just bland. Yes. And then that's the thing, like, when you describe the setup of this movie, right, just listening to, like, the setup, like, I'm more captivated yeah. in your description of the plot than the movie itself. Because the setup is has a lot of potential. There's nothing wrong with this concept. There's, there's an intriguing aspect, like, why is this church there? You know, why is it underground? It's not, there shouldn't be a Catholic church in this part of the world built, you know, at the time it would have been built. And his explanation know? of that, like the the nurse, the love mm -hmm. interest nurse is oh like, wait a second, these drawings are wrong. This isn't, but, and he's explaining and they're panning over to each of these illustrations that are, you know, sort of highlight the war in heaven and angels versus demons and all this shit. And then we land on, every time there's a big reveal like this, like there's a, a reveal at the final illustration of like Satan, like ruling over everything to reveal that this is like, oh, this isn't like a, 
a church for God. This is a, a monument to evil. Right. And it's supposed to be this big dun 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 and it's just just limp wristed at his <laughs> Oh even better than that is in so in, in beginning Oh, this is gonna be so. This I feel like this episode is gonna be so confusing to listen to because we're just jumping back and forth between these two. But in the beginning, when they're down in the in the church underground, and they're it's Father Murin and then the other young priest, and they look. They're looking around, and the young priest looks up at the wall and sees like Satan, and he goes like, "It's Lucifer." God's favorite angel cast out of heaven. <laughs> and he's like, he's explaining this to Father Mirren, like, hey, uh, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, I like, read your book, but <laughs> yeah. you might not know these fundamental stories. And, I know and information you're a priest, pieces. but yeah. are you aware that Lucifer is Satan, is yeah. same guy, and he used to be an angel? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I don't care, like, what religion or not, or lack of religion you are, like, it, if you're in America, not only watching this, not only does the priest know, but I mean, I've never been to church and I'm aware of all this stuff, you know? No. And I mean, <laughs> that could like, have been easily resolved by, you know, he could, if it's for the audience's benefit, he could have just right. been explaining it to a different character. But like, for yeah, him like to, maybe somebody from a local who wasn't familiar with the story, yeah, just saying it kind of to himself, like, you know, in awe of this painting, Lucifer. God's favorite angel, you know, I mean, like that would have made more sense than the way it's presented of just like, hey, guys, just so if you didn't know, this is this is Satan. This is a picture of Satan. And it's the same guy as Lucifer. And God used to like him, but doesn't like him anymore. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. The exorcism at the ending is, oh, my God. Like, Yeah, there's nightmare sequences that are so like just corny and just like. It's like, in what universe would this be, like, sort of scintillating to anybody with a pulse? And the weird, like, like happy ending. And also, like you say, talking about, like, being a John Ford or this old-time movie. like That's not, a, a like, a very good... Uh, I just no, said I'm that saying I'm like, an idiot, but, but No, I'm saying, like... It's this more is like, like Lawrence of Arabia. I No, I mean, Lawrence of Arabia would have been a more apt way to make the movie like this like that last scene literally does feel like john wayne walking out into the dust bowl you know out of yeah out of some like you know and now he's got his uh he's he's wearing the same clothes but now he has his priest shirt underneath sort of like tucking out almost like if uh when superman like undoes his first couple of buttons and you see his fucking s like oh my god yeah he's like okay i'm a priest again yeah he's like i found my my faith faith. all it took was the death of like all of these people yeah and this exorcism so he had to like re-traumatize himself (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what bothered me the most about both movies is the relationship with god is so like fucking toxic (laughs) yeah well, I mean, it doesn't make you like that's you're, perhaps the most like realistic thing about you're about trying these to movies. sell me on like a man regaining his faith in God and like man, it's not working at all. The character arc does not work at I'm all. Super super embarrassed like, for everyone. For the same reasons why he's disillusioned at you know from the you know from the flashback scene of what happens with the Nazis, like he should be end up being more disillusioned. Now, oh yeah, like, exactly. You should no- be angrier. Yeah, there's been nothing to to rekindle. It's just been to reinforce, you yeah. know, that, those feelings. 
And I will say the I I think as a jumping off point, at this point the sort of like Nazi atrocities is kind of a overplayed kind of thing. We've seen that in so many movies, but as a as a plot device, yeah, exactly. Not yeah, the yeah. the actual event, <laughs> right? Like Let's guys, just it wasn't clarify. that big. Like boy, yeah. I'm tired of hearing about that one. No, yeah, but in yeah. in I, movies like uh, right, and I actually think it was a. Uh, uh, a pretty solid opening to the movie, and and in terms of motivation, I think it works just fine. It's a motivation, sure, but not in terms of like execution of like how it was filmed. No, and you get a, you get that great line from the Nazi commander where he's like, "God is not here today, priest." Yeah, or whatever he says, like, and that, then that becomes like a recurring thing throughout the rest of the movie. But um, so then the studio comes in and goes, no dice, this movie sucks, which it does. We're going to make a new movie. Exorcist, the beginning. What? How do you think that one compares? What was your initial gut reaction to it? Uh, what, what, what are your main takeaways? At first, I was like, wow, this thing's flashy. It's cooking along like real fast. Father Marin's a drunken shitbag. And... Uh, they're recruiting him for one last job at this archaeological dig or whatever by the military and the the military guys into butterflies and all of that same stuff that's happened in the previous movie seemed just a little bit more interesting yeah and i was like oh maybe this will be good then you got some gore showing up you know and some nightmare imagery that kind of works better i was like oh maybe this is uh Maybe this is going to work out and be a kind of an enjoyable experience. No, no. Well, so yeah, that was kind of my initial thing. Like right out of the gates, I was like, oh, I'm not immediately bored. You know, uh, it. everything about it seemed like similar, but a little bit better. The, the setup, the opening setup's a little different. Um, the filmmakers seem to have at least like a rudimentary understanding of what you actually use cameras and lights for. Like, they had the the just the general basics of like framing a shot going on rather than just like, well, we'll just put a camera up over here and just walk around and if you come in and out of frame, it's fine and we don't need to light anything. Uh, it's it's cool, which was going on with Dominion. Like it it immediately looked like at least like a semi competently made movie. You then know, it not quickly like... has the opposite problem where it's it's edited so quickly. That like right. mid reaction, something horrifying will happen in mid reaction. Cut to the next scene, or it's uh, it's a tale of many crane shots. We're in a fucking like a tight office. Rennie Harlan's got that shit craning in or craning yeah. out. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Just mm-hmm. relax. Right. It's like the, where the other where the other movie like took so long to breathe that you'd eventually just like stopped breathing and keeled over. This is hyperventilating. Yeah. This is you know, instead and, of being bland with a little bit of salt and ketchup, this is like doused in drowning in right. hot sauce. And it's like, you never get a reprieve from it. So ultimately a lot of things lack, uh, tension, you know, but I will say I, I, it's almost like though, I wonder too, because since I had watched, the dominion first and it is even though like they rework the script and like the opening's a little different and there's you know scares and stuff the general story is the same right it unfolds very much like the same way overall and we get to 
essentially, you know, like the main, there's a lot of the main beats are still there, just presented a little different. And when I, I wonder if I had watched this one first, if I would have liked it more because I wasn't just essentially rewatching the same movie 24 hours later, you know, was part of the, the part that made it like dull and a little tedious was just because I just saw this and I was bored to tears with it. And now I'm just watching it again with some more like spice. Go on. Well, I'm just saying, like, do you think that that would have any impact on your opinion if you had watched this one first? Like, you think you maybe would have been a little bit more engaged with it since you didn't know what was going to happen no. in every next scene? No. What? No. No. I don't know. No, no way. I, I don't think. I don't think I would have thought it was a good movie per se, but I think I would have. My, I don't think my attention from it would have wandered as much as it did. No, I think I would have been sick of this bullshit at the exact same pace. Yeah, right. Yeah. It it is really like it's the same movie just it has the opposite problems like at every single conceivable level. Like it's Yeah. It's absurd. Like I can't I've never the only reason to watch these movies is for an exercise in comparing the same movie being shot twice and how that can be so yeah. drastically interpreted differently you know like that's the Mm -hmm. that's fascinating on that level but aside from that it's like there's just nothing here Mm -hmm. the beginning does have one scene that i really liked of Uh, the gary gary tunnicliffe did the makeup effects and stuff but there's a possession scene where a little boy is in a hospital unconscious and a bunch of villagers go in to murder him to death and the sort of demon takes hold and starts breaking their limbs Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was awesome. With both of with both versions of the movie, I found it hard to remember what happened in the scene prior. Like I'm oh, watching yeah. the scene and I was like, "What just happened?" Like I was partially just because it was so boring, but also partially because, like I said, like right off, very early on, much more early on with Dominion, but also early on with Beginning, the the movies just lost it in the you know like my 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 mentally checked out from them just because they were so incompetent that i don't know like i said if i got up to get a drink of water i wasn't pausing the movie so some stuff i probably missed you know that was like i maybe i walked out at the cool scene or something i don't know but like i even that like arm breaking scene like i kind of remember it and i just watched this movie yesterday but i only kind of remember it yeah it was really a high point for me I, yeah. And it was something I didn't really expect. Like, I didn't expect there to be a ton of, like, creativity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because you get a lot of the same old possession bullshit. Like, it's, you know, they're not reinventing any of that stuff. They're right. even including, you know, the same stupid uh, floating face makeup from the original Exorcist. Oh, my God. Bullshit. Which, in the, when they did that in Dominion, like, the first time you see Captain Howdy in that like, weird dream sequence... I think, like I like I said, I already had mentally checked out kind of after the beginning. But, like, when that happens, I was just like, oh, my God, there's no salvage now. Like, this movie will never turn itself around. No, and that's such a, like, a, uh, that's a, a problem inherent to prequels. It's like you're trying to go back using, like, updated, you know, technology and right. style and techniques. And it's like, man, you're going to get some sort of mismatched 
kind of nonsense like that where it's like oh that really stands out and does not look good and it doesn't fit and it doesn't work in fact i'd argue that that piece of the the puzzle from the original exorcist works the least because very so much of that movie looks very modern even today right and that but that piece always sticks out. it looks like a fucking like value village commercial yeah, I mean, it's but like to at least at least in the original movie, it's like so brief, you know. Exactly, it's this flash of a face, and this movie, they're like, what if like it was just kind of hanging around all the time? Yeah, I mean, I also think like you said, the problem with prequels, but I also think The Exorcist in and of itself was not necessarily a movie that lent itself to sequels. No, and they've been making. I'm not saying you can't, but it's not like. It's not like you you watch this movie and be like, oh yeah, there's more there's to, more ground of, to cover here. There's you know it's like you have to have a pretty unique idea, uh, and and that being said, like I enjoy the Exorcist sequels. Like the I'm not talking about these ones, but like Exorcist two and Exorcist three. No, I'd say that Exorcist two at least came to the table with an interesting idea. Is what yeah. what is it like for Reagan growing up and dealing with the aftermath of this and also dreading the possibility that it might happen again or right you know what is her role if it happens to somebody else like those are all interesting questions but uh, the problem being is there's also just a lot of really dumb stuff in that movie yeah for sure uh, but but like, at least the they visuals, had an idea yeah an idea and from a visual standpoint exorcist 2 is actually really cool yeah um i think i somebody said some director was talking about it and he said, I can't remember who it was, but he said that, like, if you turn the sound off for Exorcist 2 and just kind of watch it as, like, a visual, you know, uh, art piece, it's really good. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just like when you're actually following the plot and the story where things start to fall apart. And Exorcist 3 is rad. And I mean, like, that's really not has same characters in it, some of the same characters, but it's a completely different type of story, you know? Uh, and originally was based on a book also by William Peter Blatty called Legion and didn't have an exorcism in the book, but they just threw one in to, like for marketing sake. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It doesn't, you know, ruin or anything, but it, like it tells a different story that, that rather than like, it's the possession is not the main thing, you know, like the possession of, a little girl by a demon is not the main story. So it works, but like these movies, I don't know, maybe they try to stay too much within the, the originals plot line or story, but also like too faithful and not, and not faithful enough at the same time as I think maybe what happens with these, these prequels. Yeah. Too faithful in certain ways and not faithful enough in other ways. Yeah, and unfortunately, you have to retain some of the familiarity like for just the generic movie-going audience, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, we're talking about this on a movie podcast. Most people don't listen to movie podcasts. Most people just fucking see a commercial on TV or they see a poster when they're at the theater, and they're like, oh, cool, I want to see that. And that's it. Like, it's that simple. And going back to about like kind of like we mentioned earlier about the, you know, just in terms of like what the setup is and how I picked up that like Pazuzu, it's the same demon just from the first five minutes of 
the exorcist, the opening scene, right? That doesn't have the original exorcist that doesn't have any dialogue. I was able to pick all that up. I did. We don't need two hours of explaining it to us. Also in terms of just the dis- disillusionment of father Mirren, like in those scenes of Max von Sydow, like sitting in the, like that coffee shop or like that tea shop after encountering the statue, I see all the fear and disillusionment that he would have had from his previous encounters or in, in, you know, and whatnot. Uh, I see like his faith wavering right there in those three seconds, far superior than anything in the four hours of prequels, you know, combined, you know, and that was just a statement I was making. (laughs) It's your turn. (laughs) For what? I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. I'm so mad. It has been, it has been so long since, movies have made me this mad like not only did i watch these but then i tried to watch two movies after just for fun and those movies fucking suck too like what the hell happened there's a lot of great movies out there and like i seem to watch all of the worst ones in a 48 hour period (laughs) (laughs) fucking Um, horseshit man i will say though if there are some movies that i was started thinking about watching these though i was like oh if you want to see this same kind of shit because like uh exorcist the beginning starts out with this battle scene during the crusades of like millions of people murdered on a battlefield uh and you know slaughtered and crucified upside down and the cameras flying out of zooming out to reveal the horror of this you know all this murder in the name of religion and whatever and i was like you know there are much better movies that are about this and the first one and you might have a, a problem with this but the prophecy prophecy is a fine movie i think the prophecy is pretty good as far as like the these discussion of these themes and uh you know the violence and sort of sadism involved in the 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 bible stories like the war in heaven and you know the place that angels have in god's kingdom and all that stuff and even the main character as a uh you know, a priest who was rattled by something traumatic that he witnessed and it kind of shook his faith and, you know, caused him to go do something else. I think mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty good movie. I mean, it's definitely better. I'm not one of the lovers of that movie, but it's definitely better than either of these movies. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot more cohesive and entertaining yeah. and interesting and stylish. And uh, it's got a great cast. And uh, yeah, the, the prophecy is great. Mm-hmm. Did you have another example? Uh, yeah, I did. I don't think it was Stigmata because I don't really like that movie. Never seen that one. I don't think it was Fallen, even though that movie's kind of cool. The fuck was it? Repossessed? <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. That movie sucks too. Yeah, so any Repossessed fans out there? I don't. That I don't movie think is that's not nearly as funny as you remember. Regardless of like what movies you can and can't pop the mind like could any everything in this movie be better sure 100 percent. now what would you if there were going to be a new sequel to the exorcist or a new prequel what would you like to see is there any, do you have any ideas of what would make a cool version or no you, you hadn't thought about it at all i think the exorcist 2 is probably the the only good idea for a like a premise is uh-huh. you know what let's see what happens when this kid grows up and how they deal with the aftermath right it's the sort of the terminator proposition right it's okay they went through all this stuff like now in subsequent years what happens right 
And uh, beyond that, I don't know. Like, I've seen lots of exorcism movies. I don't know. They're all just kind of the same. And you can't yeah. do... Like, the one of the reasons prequels don't work is... Often, it's not very interesting to see something explained. Right. And, and it's also not interesting when you know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Right? You know that the second you start watching either of these movies you know someone's going to get possessed and he's there's going to be an exorcism. So what the fuck is the point? Right. Like either you better make it so interesting leading up to it that, you know, the audience can't contain themselves or like don't even bother because what's the, what's the real story is it's nothing. That's why exorcist uh, three was so interesting is because it was such a departure. It was like, right. We're way over here doing something different with like a loose tie-in to this serial killer and the story of this cop. And I guess there's some parallels between Father Marin and uh, George C. Scott's character in that movie. But Well, it's... George C. Scott's character is also Lee J. Cobb's character from the first movie. So it's the same de- It's the same detective, you know? It's this guy who's had these encounters before. And that, to me, is a more interesting idea than following priests performing exorcisms again, is this guy who you know, 20, 30 years ago saw something that's hard to believe or fathom and, you know, perhaps perhaps always kind of wondered to what extent it was, you know, actually magical or mystical and or, or was or was it just something real that was just too outlandish to believe or too hard to believe, too awful to believe. And then having the come back around again you know, 20, 30 years later to be like, shit, I've kind of uh, experienced something like this in the past. Yeah, that would, is what it really takes is like a completely fresh angle on the material. Yeah. It's like a, and the, framing it in a new perspective. And in that sense, like it's, it's, it's connections to the original are emotional, a thematic, not necessarily situational. You know, that yeah. I think is a better, a better way to, to do a movie, a sequel to a movie like this. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, Keith. But we were just talking, before we got into the meat of this episode, we were just kind of chit-chatting about David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy, his sequels. Did you know that David Gordon Green is going now going to do a trilogy of new Exorcist movies? Oh, yeah, I saw that. What do you think? Eh. Probably, but I'm expecting them to be wacky, so I'm on board for that. Here's the thing is, yeah, I might check him out just out of morbid curiosity, but as a rule, like possession movies and ghost movies don't really like yeah. do it for me as a whole. Like it takes a real like something extra to like draw me in. Like I don't know. Just someone getting possessed and contorting around and screaming yeah. and saying weird shit is not enough. Well, I mean, like, part of the problem is, too, like you just said, like, oh, you've seen a bunch of possession movies and most of them are not that great. I mean, regardless of whether or not you were, like, on the camp of, like, you, you know, like you said at the beginning of the episode, Exorcist often regarded as one of the greatest horror movies of all time, yada, yada, yada. Even if you don't think that, like, it's probably pretty easy to say it's the greatest possession movie of all time. Well, you know? let me stop you right there because... 
Amityville 2, The Possession. Oh, is so fucking bad. Would like a word with you. I, it's, it's genuinely, it's genuine. And maybe this is just a personal thing. You know, I don't, I don't know what other people see when they watch that movie. But it's mm-hmm. genuinely one of the most unnerving movies I've ever seen. I see it's like it's one of the it's very slimy feeling movie like yeah I don't I I okay I don't utterly hate that movie but I don't think it's very good and I know you love it and I respect that but I think most people would be like yeah Exorcist is like at least like top tier possession so it's kind of hard to follow up you know when you have um something an idea and a genre so specific, you know, that inherently yeah. is going to have so many similarities in presentation. Once you've hit this high watermark, it's hard to follow it up, you know, not just with a sequel, but with an an independent story that stacks up against it. But you know what movie is really good? And I'm not this I'm not unique in my opinion here. But for like, if you want to watch a good possession movie that is not The Exorcist, the movie from maybe like four or five, six years ago, the Korean movie The Wailing. Oh yeah, is fantastic. If you want to watch a possession movie that also has a very different kind of presentation, uh, than than this. I mean, it also helps. It's it's not a Catholic exorcism, so I mean, it has yeah. inherent differences in it right there. But it is a very, very good movie. Yeah, you know, I will say, as, as far as possession movies go, a lot of foreign movies do a great job in presenting something new and interesting, like specifically mm-hmm. the Korean movies, and then also uh, a lot of Spanish movies. Like that's there's a lot of Spanish possession movies, and they do a great job of even taking like a lot of familiar aspects and presenting them in. In different ways. Mm-hmm. I can't really name any specific movies off the top of my head, but they sure. they exist. Right. Yeah, especially now with movies streaming, do like, exist. Oh, no, yeah. you can you can like roll the dice on some uh, some Spanish possession movies on uh, Netflix, and there's a good chance you're gonna have a have a real nice time. Definitely a better time than a. Uh than uh, these two Exorcist prequels. Yeah, this feels like such a big waste, especially during the month of October when we should be having fun, you know, leading right. up to Halloween. It's uh, This sounded like such a good idea in my head. I was like, oh, this will be cool, and like the history of these movies is so interesting. And we'd never seen either one before. Neither yeah, of us had but seen they're it. cursed. The, yeah. real, the real possession was... Us. The bad movies. Maybe this is actually the perfect movie for this because we have experienced true terror in our actual lives and that terror was not watching a scary movie but just having to watch a movie this bad two movies this bad no 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 that's the whole that's the whole joy of of horror movies though is that that aspect of you know indulging in your fear and excitement but also having it in kind of a controlled environment and it doesn't it's unable to escape the screen that's what i'm saying they can make a movie about us having to watch these two movies and how horrifying of an experience it was for both of us. Not because the movies were scary. If they give me a big sack of money, I'd be very happy. But right now exactly. I'm just sad because I had to watch right. these movies. So Right. Well, yeah, that's pretty much it when it comes to these two Exorcist movies. We, we, we act, we're adding trash to the heap, not pulling it out this time. 
Yeah, it's done. sometimes discarded gems uh, are actually just lumps of coal. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, this is not the end of Mm-mm. Trashoween, not by a long shot. We'll have something fun for you yeah. uh, next time. We're going to be talking specifically movies that have a little bit more to do with Halloween, maybe about some Halloween movies themselves. I mean, of the series Halloween. We'll be uh, saying so, the word Halloween a few dozen more times. Yeah. We'll be talking about movies we watched this month that we actually like and maybe some last-minute recommendations if you're looking for something to watch on Halloween Eve or Halloween night itself. So there you go. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to talk about the Exorcist prequels anymore. We're no, that we're going to seal the records. We're actually going to take the movies and bury them underground so deep that no one ever finds well, them. We'll build a church on top of it. I don't, that was not a good plan. Why would you build, you build the whole ass church. I guess it's supposed to be some kind of a containment thing. Right. You build the monument to trap the evil in its own vanity and then you bury it. Cool. Well, you, sh- you should have wrote something like said like, you should have left a sticky note like on the fridge that said like, do oh. not open do not open Evil demon inside. inside. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do that though. You know, no. they just drew a bunch of cool paintings and we're like, yeah, you're not going to open up that, uh, that, uh, jewel encrusted, uh, tomb. Give me a break. They're like, Illumini Patri, Spirit of Sanctus, da, 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 whatever that fucking Latin bullshit. Doesn't yeah. work. Nope. Demon always gets out. Doesn't work. And I got out into this episode, but we're done. So we're out of here. Thanks for listening. And Keith, what do you always say? I don't know. Priest? God is not here today, priest? Oh, yeah, that's right. The power of Christ compels you to watch much better movies. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everybody. Wow. Well, we did it. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing. <laughs>